Good morning, afternoon to everybody out there in ad-free shows land and beyond. Welcome back to the latest episode of Rumor and Innuendo. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman, joined here as always by... Robert Karpolis, WWE creative-ish on Twitter, and guy who knows what day of the week it is. That's right. So for those of you I want to apologize, uh, if you saw him on the, the Twitter feed, it showed that it was the uh, November 27th episode when it was really the November 28th episode. Look, we're two episodes in. These things are going to happen. We're now on episode three. We know what day of the week it is, and we know what you're here for, and it's deep dive ratings information as nick's like pointing what else do you think i'm gonna talk about you think no, i'm gonna bury you i'm not gonna bury you bury me take out the shovel triple h jesus put me out in the graveyard for god's sake you, you mean know? paul triple h levesque paul triple h levesque one of many people we're gonna talk about here on the show today man you know we're not gonna waste any time we only got about a half hour here as we do every day uh big news here we're gonna talk about wwe plans for cm punk brian danielson's role in aew terminating cm punk uh the end of being the elite and of course at the end of the show, we're hoping to get to that NWA-CW conversation. It's been put off the last couple of days. Let's see if we can finally get time for it here today. But yes, as Robert mentioned, we got the viewership info in for last night's Raw, or for Monday night's Raw, uh, just a couple you minutes ago. You don't know ago. what day of the week it is, dude. Well, I watched NXT this morning, so my, it's like a bunch of WWE is starting to blend together right now for me. Um, but no, yes, as Robert uh, aptly pointed out, uh, we have the viewership info here from Monday Night's Raw. This comes from WrestleNomics. Uh, they did well. Uh, this was CM Punk's return promo night. They put it at the very end. Uh, the show was up 29% in overall viewership from the week before, up 34% in that 18 to 49 key demo slot. 188, 1,884,000 overall viewers, uh, 863 of those in that key demo. It was the highest total viewership since August 7th and the highest uh, P18 to 49 viewership since April 3rd. So this was the most viewed show in that key demo since WrestleMania. Man, you know, look, my, came, the man came to make money, not friends. And uh, looks like it's going in that direction pretty quickly. Look, we can't deny it. Tazawa is over, and people want to see him do that little dance. And that is the only reason these ratings were up. Oh, please don't do it. I'm begging you, and there it is. If you're watching this on video, I'd like to personally apologize. For now, it looks like Nick is slowly freezing to death. The dance, went like, it just veered quickly to those, like, you know those sad, like, ASPCA commercials they show now because it's holiday time, and it's like, here's a sad puppy on the side of the road. Uh, that's pretty much what Nick Hausman is doing right now. Uh, but speaking of sad puppies, Tony Khan has to be a pretty sad puppy right now, seeing the ratings that came in for, for Monday Night Raw. Uh, hate to break it to you, kids. CM Punk is a needle mover, even when he delivers a, a to some, lackluster opening promo. Yeah, it, it was not, uh, it, again, it was not everybody's cup of tea what we got on Monday night. Not everybody loved the CM Punk we got right out of the gate, but we got time, everybody. We're going to see where this thing goes. We'll see how people react to what is a very fluid situation at the moment. Um, yes, and um, over on the viewership side, too, I mean, it's just, man, it's just really impressive to see the, that WrestleMania energy there, right? Now, because of the promo, can they keep it, though, right? Are people going to come back next week? It's what they're going to do with all these new eyeballs they brought in on Monday night. Uh, we'll find out how long this needle can stay moved, you know? 
Well, I think we're going to see that test a little bit further because Raw opened with Randy Orton. And there may be people who heard about CM Punk was back. Their friends told them they saw it online. They may not have been as clued into the fact that Orton was back. He popped up on Raw. Now he's going to be on SmackDown on Friday. So I'm going to be yeah. curious to see if those ratings uh, rise for, for Friday Night SmackDown because Orton is going to be there. Are they on FS1 or Fox this week? I think they're on, I think they're on Fox this week, but I don't quote me for gospel on that. It's been pretty wild trying to keep up with the who's who. I mean, look, last week, AW Dynamite outdrew SmackDown, right? That is not something that's gone unnoticed. Again, like uh SmackDown wasn't on its platform, but you know, FS1 um and T uh, TBS similar, you know, very similar distribution. So some people are drawing some some opinions based on the fact that that AEW was uh, able to to rack, I guess, some kind of a win here last week over a major WWE product. Does that do anything for you? Do, do you buy into any of that conversation? At the end of the day, AEW was it was the night before Thanksgiving. Nobody had work the next day. People were home. If they were hanging out on their own before they had to go spend time with their family, they're going to watch Dynamite. That Friday SmackDown was Thanksgiving weekend. You got a lot of people traveling. You got a lot of people with a lot of family obligations. And it was on FS1. And there was no compelling drive to necessarily tune in other than it's another week. Let's watch SmackDown. They weren't really promoting something totally can't miss. You have to go see it, especially if you were committing to watching Survivor Series on Saturday. And then that could be a lot of wrestling for, for the casual fan. They made the right decision by tuning in to at least see the punk return, even if it was they were whelmed. Right. Whelmed. Right. Absolutely. Again, my wife wanted to watch Raw. She never wants to watch wrestling with me. So some some fans out there definitely brought to the table. All right. Let's get into uh, what we got here on the run sheet for today. Um, by the way, the chat room is open right now. We have the ability to bring you guys onto the show just like that. Coach Keith Morrison here saying, what's up, gentlemen? What's going on? Stephen K. Power player Wednesday. Let's go. I stole my let's go from Steve. By the way, Stephen, every day remind Nick what day of the week it is just to keep this thing rolling. I think that's that's important because the next thing you know, uh, we're going to be we're going to be in like June and we're not going to know what, what day of the week it is. So Steve K, this is your new job. Welcome to the staff. Great. Yeah, you look I have I had some concussions. Sure. Do I smoke a lot of weed? Absolutely. You know, alcohol damage, all that other stuff up there. I apologize. I'm doing my best, everyone. As his lawyer, I'm going to point out these are prescribed uh, uses only. Completely legal. Sure. In Whatever you, you want. Above board, keeping you out of uh, keeping you out of jail, keeping us out of uh, Twitter jail. Uh, because, you know, we had to start by talking punk. Right. Always got to start talking punk. Well, punk is the leadoff story here. Once again, um, we're going to start here with uh, what you all probably want to know, which is what is WWE actually going to be doing with CM Punk? Now, Sports Illustrated put out a report yesterday, Justin Barrasso, uh, by the way, not an AI-generated human being over at Sports Illustrated, Justin Brasso, an actual real journalist who wrote a real thing for the website. A friend of the show, Justin Barrasso, wrote a great... He was the one who broke the rumor and innuendo podcast coming out in the first place. That's true. Uh, and I'm pretty sure when I talked to him, it wasn't a robot. No. Like 80% sure. 80% sure, not a robot. Um, 
Well, uh, Sports Illustrated Brass was saying that there are plans for Punk to feud with Roman Reigns. Of course, he alluded to a wise man in his return promo there. But his first major feud, that is going to be against Seth Rollins. Now, it is possible this thing gets stretched out over months. Maybe it could headline night one of WrestleMania 40. Um, it also was noted in the report that one of the many reasons Punk was brought back into the, the WWE fold is they are looking to secure their new TV rights. And they think that Punk, being a needle mover, being somebody that has been praised by Warner Brothers uh, Discovery CEO David Zasloff, who built a whole show around him, that's a really meaningful thing, they think, when they go into these negotiations. And it was also noted that Punk was the one uh, who first reached out to WWE to try to get this thing going to where it is right now. So uh, what are your thoughts on what we, uh, we learned here from this Sports Illustrated report? Sure. So I think anybody who watched... Survivor Series and watched Raw knew Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are the two destinations that they want to get to. Right. The compelling story of Roman going up against Punk with Paul Heyman being in the wings. Where's he going to align with all of that? We saw a similar version of that story with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns before, where it's questioning Paul's allegiances. And I think that Heyman and Punk going at each other on the microphone, Punk and Roman going at each other on the microphone would be amazing. The great thing about the Seth Rollins story is if those two do wind up headlining night one of WrestleMania, that is the only thing Seth Rollins and CM Punk have not done. Yeah. And there's a lot of animosity with them, as Nick Hausman has pointed out a number of times before, and drawn out from Seth Rollins. Uh, the fact that they need each other in order to make that happen is a really fun story that they can tell on television and gives a reason for why Punk might be the the, uh, the strong favorite right now to, to win the Rumble. As far as the TV rights deals, absolutely. This is a guy who's going to be front and center on the poster, but he's not the only guy on those posters that, that people recognize and know. And if you have a Monday Night Raw that has Cody, that has Rhea Ripley, that has... Uh, all of a sudden, my mind went blank in the middle of the, the middle of my sentence. You gotta love that, Randy uh, Orton. Randy Orton. Well, I was, was going to say Randy Orton, and then I thought, oh no, Randy Orton might be moving to SmackDown. SmackDown but you got Sami yeah. Zayn, you got Jey Uso. You've got a lot of recognizable faces on Raw. It's not just the CM Punk show. The way it was, Collision was like CM Punk and friends. <laughs> right. When you have Punk as part of that package, yeah, whoever's going to be bidding for Raw is going to be paying an additional premium now because CM Punk is a guy that good, bad, or indifferent, draws eyeballs and is in an environment right now where they are going to know how to leverage him as best as possible. Yeah, and I, I, I think obviously I agree with all of that. Um, the Rollins feud will be really fun. I'm excited to see these two guys go. You know, Rollins is motivated right now. He's off on another level, you know. Um, with Punk moving, uh, then pivoting to, to Reigns, I mean, I guess after Mania, right, finish up whatever plans you've got with Reigns through Mania, and then you can draft... CM Punk to SmackDown and, and and start off your next calendar year with something like that. I mean, that doesn't seem terrible. At this rate, Cody is not going to finish this story until 2047. Hey. Uh, like he just can't catch a break. <laughs> and yeah, because right. The logical thing was, was going to be Cody goes to mania yeah. and beats Roman and finally finishes the story. But now when they're realizing that, well, maybe the more interesting story is punk and Roman, maybe Cody's going to get bumped. Man. We'll see. This could be a really exciting rumble. I'm interested to hear all the cases that are made for why they should be winning the rumble. I think there'll be a lot of split decisions on who people are think is going to going to win that. 
Um, I could see us, you know, I still hold out hope that like there's a night one match between like Cody and uh, Rock or Cody Roman, right, with the winner going on to the next night to face The Rock or something like that, where Cody can still find a way to get in there, but maybe not necessarily get it done. And, and the story continues or he does get it done. I, I don't know. And then Punk can, can do his thing with Rollins over on the other side. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off, but I still see Cody kind of in that picture somehow come WrestleMania time. Yeah. He's look, he's the a number one for them in terms of baby faces on raw. He is the, the flagship guy. He is their current John Cena. He is the merchandise sales guy. He's the person that belongs in, and has worked hard to earn that spot. But the advantage with Cody that we saw in AEW is when he gets earnest and a little too earnest, the crowd picks up on that and they turn him heel. And I think a heel Cody later in the year is always something they can pull the trigger on if necessary, because you have a guy like Jey Uso or you have a guy like Sami Zayn who's waiting in the wings who can take that spot. It's an embarrassment of riches right now for the WWE creative team. It's something that is really fun to watch. It, you know, and it's not just Raw. It's SmackDown. Man, I, I started my day off here watching NXT like I do every Wednesday morning. And holy hell, if you haven't seen the main event from last night's show, I absolutely go, way, go out of your way to watch it. What a banger four-way match there. Wesley, they did him all kinds of favors last night on NXT. That That's a show that's easy to watch. NXT is just, I throw it on, I put it on the background. I like the Chase U stuff. Maybe I'm an idiot, but I think it's great watching this man like have his da- his downfall, right? And this kind of kind of side story. You know, one of the things that Shawn Michaels has talked about on his media calls about NXT is how he likes to have that variety where it's not all just kind of one style. You're gonna get a bunch of like here's a comedy segment, here's your hard hitting match segment, here's your lucha match. You know, you're getting that variety. And I last night's show and capping it off with the women, the the pull apart they did with Kiana and Roxanne. Big fan of that, too. I thought it was great to see them spotlit in those kind of closing moments there. So anyway, that was my out of nowhere 45 seconds of NXT thoughts. I mean, look, you gave it more thought than Vince probably had in the last five years. <laughs> so I'm proud of you for that. That NXT parking lot is really dangerous, guys. Super that dangerous. needs to get looked at. It's it's ridiculous. Look, NXT is a it's a fun show that got maligned because they put it up again. It was up against Dynamite. Of yeah. course it was going to lose to Dynamite. You can't have those NXT kids like an Adam Cole or a Roderick Strong and think that they are going to go up against a real company and draw ratings. Yeah. Wow. What a wild concept. Uh, uh, taking my shots when I can. Back to CM Punk, as we Jeez, want, yeah. as we are wont to do. The CM other- Punk is like the Taylor Swift of this podcast. Like, it's all we got to talk about. Where What's going on with CM Punk? He's what on his eras. Talked about yet? He's on his eras tour right now. He's just off and making making towns at the moment. Well, he is the problem. <laughs> Thank it's you. Him. Wow, there wow. Spoken by a man who who listens to quite a bit of Taylor Swift as a spoken father. by a man who has a ten year old who got a hold of his Spotify account, and I got my my Spotify like this year in review, and it takes a very strange left turn very very quickly. So, uh. yeah. All right. Um, oh, we do have an NXT question, actually, before we get to the more punk stuff. Shay, I'm here. What do you think about the pile driver spot on NXT? Do you think that some moves are unbanned now? Um, this was in, uh, I think it was Garza hit uh, Tiger Driver 98 in the in the tag match. Look, uh, I was surprised. I think Shawn Michaels, I think, is going to be 
you know, they're going to be, they're going to be pushing some boundaries here for, they're going to try some stuff out. They seem like they're in a space right now where they're kind of reevaluating everything and trying to, trying to just reset stuff. So maybe they were just trying it out, see how it goes, see if it went well, obviously not to see somebody going to die. Right. But like, how was it received? That kind of deal. Um, what do you think, Robert? Yeah, I think what happens right now is because they're working in the PC day in and day out trying stuff, the concern over a move like a pile driver decreases when you know they all know exactly how to do it and they can do it safely and do it properly. When you have guys that were doing it on the indies, they're doing it in different promotions with different people, they weren't all learning the same methodology and you can run into those risks. So if you're watching a guy do it, a hundred times in a row on a crash pad in the safe confines of the performance center, and you know they can do it, and you know the other person knows how to take it, the risk is lower. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So the other big CM Punk story here for the last 24 hours <laughs> came from Fightful. And this story, Robert, I it elicited a response. I, I get, was getting phone calls and text messages from people that were upset about this particular report. We'll get into why here after I let everybody know what it was. So Brian Danielson, according to Fightful, was the head of the discipline committee that made the call to fire CM Punk. AW General Counsel Chris Peck to other lawyers that weren't mega Perrick made the final decision uh, and then handed that to Khan saying, we think we should let him go. Danielson shared the following on social media, prompting many to ask what it was about, which led to this discovery. Uh, he said, my dad always told me the right thing is often the hardest thing to do. Uh, I, it won't always make the most money. It won't always be the most popular, but it's still the right thing. Hashtag AEW. Um, now, this is, to be fair, I heard all this like the weekend of All Out. And I... You know, I, I DM this to Sean after his report came out. I was like, this is all true. Not that you need to hear that. But I had heard that Danielson was the one to make the final call to tell Tony that they needed to part ways with Danielson. And uh, just to give a little insight onto this bit of rumor and innuendo, it, it wasn't because I didn't know that he was on this discipline committee. I just had known that he was the one to tell Tony, hey, we got a cup eight here. Because Brian had been working, from what I gather, as the intermediary between Punk and the Bucks camp for like a couple weeks leading into the, the big all-in weekend. And when I ran the report that I did that was so controversial about this scheduled meeting that was supposed to happen between the Bucks and Punk and didn't happen and then everything fell apart and they people said, well, it was never scheduled – Danielson was, from what I understand, the person who let Punk know, hey, this is happening. Now, I don't know what Brian heard that thought him made him think that, hey, Punk should change his flight and we should make this thing happen. But I do know that Danielson was working really, really hard to try to be the one to bridge the gap between these two sides. Um, so I, I believe the report. Um, it was also noted in the report that he's still on the discipline committee. He's responsible for handing out fines. He's still a leader and all that. But the reason that people got so upset about this report and I got very long phone calls about was because it is the day after Punk comes back, delivers his promo, moves the needle like we just talked about at the top of the show. And now the heat about him getting released from AEW 
is taken off of Tony Khan you know, a, a little bit and is shifted to, to Brian Danielson. Some people really don't like that for a lot of different reasons. So um, anyway, that was my kind of long-winded take on this particular story. But uh, what resonated with you there, Robert? I mean, a little bit of everything that you just said there resonated because, <laughs> number one, the idea that Brian made the right decision is is true. If you objectively look, and I'll, I'll say, you know, as an attorney, you look at the facts of what happened right. here. You had the incident with Punk that happened previously that led to a physical altercation. There right. was a suspension on all sides or whatever it was. Parties went home. They all come back together. And then he gets into a physical altercation during the biggest pay-per-view that they have in a situation where Tony was feared for his life, supposedly, theoretically, maybe, you put yourself in a spot where that's a no-brainer to say, all right, this is a person that we need to part ways with. You have an out in the contract. The guy has to go. I don't think that it needed a disciplinary committee, number one. Uh, Tony Khan, for all the positives there are with Tony, of a guy building this company up from scratch, assembling the talent he's done, getting the TV rights deals he's done, He's not taking that Vince McMahon position of the buck stops here. Right. If this is my company and I am the arbiter of what happens and what does not happen, the heat lies on me as much as the rewards sit with me. And right. he wants the accolades and praise. He's the one that should have said, at the end of the day, I consulted with people, but I made this decision and this is the right decision for my company going forward, not we feel that you know we 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 push this out to lawyers and we use Brian as a shield because everybody likes Brian. Everybody knows for years Undertaker was the unofficial policeman of the locker room. He wasn't the one making final decisions at the end of the day, and it was never held out that he was making those decisions. So it was always Vince, good, bad, or indifferent. This really feels like Tony going, you know, don't blame me, guys. Blame uh, blame Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and that's why it's and and again, Tony's not saying it's the timing of the report coming out when it did. Now, to to Sean's credit here, Danielson did put out this tweet that got a lot of people raising their eyes, like, "What kind of difficult decision did you have to make, Brian?" Right? And and apparently, these comments that Brian made were comments that he had made to the locker room uh, after the decision had been made as a way to kind of let everybody know. I guess he had a big address. Here's the strengths of punk. Here's why it didn't work out. And then here's some advice from my dad. And that's what he shared here on social media. So it does kind of seem like Danielson tipped the tides for the news to come out, you know, when it did, but man, yeah, I talked to some people yesterday that really were just kind of like, Tony needs to be held accountable for this, right? This, this should not be shifted over to Danielson um, the way it is. And he's getting piled on right now. And a lot of sections of social media at the moment, um, I do. I, I think it's an unenviable position he was put in. And again, he knew all the facts. Someday we're going to find out what it was like to run between the elite camp and the punk camp to try to make that work. I regret not asking him about it at the all in press conference. I knew about it. I knew he made the call. But Tony did this weird thing where I asked him about punk and he didn't say anything. And I got so uncomfortable in the room. And I also did not want Brian to be put in this really weird spot because like, again, this was ultimately Tony's call, but it does sound like the consigliere in this situation was Brian Danielson. So it's just, it was a very, 
complicated. It still remains a kind of complicated situation. I'm I'm super interested to find out more from his perspective about what was it like to try to make the deal of the century between these two sides. It's unfortunate. It's not something that Danielson deserves. I doubt this is why he went through years and years of all of that agonizing struggle just to get back into the ring to now be put into this position of babysitter and thrown under the bus. And it, so, it really, it really sucks. And it and also it doesn't need to come out. Like, I, you know, if there's an internal disciplinary committee in any organization on the planet and it's two attorneys and, you know, a, a top executive, that's not being disseminated to the general public. And I think mm-hmm. that speaks to a larger issue of nobody in AEW is keeping things in house they're, they're running, to, to borrow from Taz, they're running a sloppy shop there. And this story only serves to hurt Brian Danielson. It doesn't hurt Punk. No. And it doesn't hurt the lawyers, because who cares about lawyers? But Brian now looks like the guy who took away the toy that you want, not Tony. Yeah, and I just, I don't know that it sticks. People are going to love Brian. This, this heat will float back to Tony in the long run. I think this is temporary. I, again... The guy was put in an enviable position. And when your boss tells you to do something and your boss is telling you to make a really hard call, that's your job, right? That's what you're being told to do. And then Tony can either listen to you or not listen to you. Now, as this is all going on right now, how is Punk reacting, not reacting, all the noise, he's back. What's going on with the elite? Well, being the elite is no more. Uh, I meant to get to this yesterday, but I wanted to bring it up here as we're kind of in the flows of this conversation. Being the elite is done. Uh, it is now being the dark order. And um, I believe it was Meltzer was talking about how the plan. I know he was talking about how the plan is for them to go away for a little while. Brandon Cutler is going to be their talking piece, but I believe he's also talked about how they're going to come back and kind of lean into this persona. They're going to be like kind of more of a heel stable. And and they were talking about how Cabana, I guess was going to be part of this group or whatever. And considering the lay of the land, would you go that direction now, Robert? that Colt's going to align himself with the, with the bucks and like the bucks kind of leaning into the public perception of them, right? They're going to be making more calls, like maybe quasi authority figure types, really just, you know, abuse of power pushing. I don't know. Right. Whatever leaning into the public perception of them means, I think it was different before punk had come back, but now that punk's back, I mean, do you have do you have him go out there and and play heels with Cabana? I don't know how that comes across. You know, there's only one question you need to uh, ask on that, and it's will this make more money? <laughs> and the answer is no. This no. is again, we're not here to make friends. We're we're here to make money. Putting the bucks out there with Colt Cabana is really it's being petty. It's being insidery. Yes, you're gonna get a section of your audience who's gonna be like, oh, I know what he's doing. That's that's funny, but the majority of the, the crowd isn't going to know what's going on. And if they dig into it, it's not going to make AEW look good because yeah. these guys are legitimate EVPs who were unable to effectively do their jobs. And now we're highlighting it on television. Man, that's the thing. It's like, I agree. The best thing for all sides is to move on and just let it all go. But that's like not the Bucks M.O., their whole thing is leaning in. Like, they can't help themselves. They're like, well, if everybody's talking about this thing, then I guess we just got to lean in that direction. And this is a time where I would I would probably say lean back. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, uh, I don't know it, if they take that advice, though. 
No, but they haven't done that their entire career. And they feel that by being button pushers, by being controversial, a lot of their shtick for a long, long time was how can we get a reaction out of a very select group of smarks? We're going to do the, you know, the, the click stuff. We're going to play into Meltzer. We're going to play into our, our move set, trying to appeal to a certain audience. We're going to be very, very insidery. And it's tough to be super insidery when you're on a major cable channel and trying to be a global brand. Well, and that's kind of the thing that I wonder about, like, if their new direction is to be more niche and like new Japan, are they abandoning the, the like, we're going to be trying to be a real alternative to WWE uh, or I guess not a real, are we going to try to be real competition to WWE or are we just going to be this alternative where we know we have a, a more niche audience and we're just going to play to that smaller, but fervent audience and try to just squeeze as much juice out of that as possible. Because it does seem like a, the, a, the goalpost got moved a little bit. If that's the case. If you're going to be a niche brand and you're going to play to that audience where you generate about a million viewers a week, which is a great number, you don't run all in two years in a row in London. You're not running huge venues. You want to control your costs. You want to play to that niche audience. You don't have a roster of hundreds. You don't uh, have your Ring of Honor show and four different AEW shows or whatever it may be if you're trying to do that niche because the ceiling in terms of how much money you're going to make on that is limited. And it's been shown time and time again in the wrestling industry, when somebody tries to go just the wrestling route, as opposed to the sports entertainment route, they don't endure. They, they don't survive, but it's what's TBS and TNT happy with in terms of ratings and how much money is Tony Khan burning versus what he's bringing in. All good questions to ask. All right, everybody, that's going to bring us to time today. I'm sorry we didn't have time to get to the Billy Corgan CW story. We will try tomorrow to get to Billy in the CW. We have a couple other items we'll keep kicking the can down the road with uh, for the rest of the week. But that's it for today. I do like our good buddy Mike Miliaro. Uh, he writes, CM Punk is a rumor in any windows poochie. That's, of course, because we want everybody to always be looking around going, Where's CM Punk, right? You've okay. made a career out of it. That's true. That is that is my livelihood at this point. Um, By the way, thank you, Mike, for any Simpsons references are always going to work. We're we're here for it uh, more than more than we care to probably admit as grown men. And on that note, I want to thank Mike as well. Let me see if I can do a screen share here. This is the first time I'll have done this on the air. Let me find. Oh, this will go well. No, no, no. This is going to go really well. This is going this to is going to go well for those of you who are listening to us on the audio podcast <laughs> okay, as well, right. uh, who are excited for a screen share like we're on a Zoom meet. Hey, there you go. You did it. I did it. I did it. Yes. All right. Now, Mike, he went and did the thing we asked everybody out there to do. Now, of course, if you can't catch us live in video form on the many social media platforms, the, the many X accounts we're on, including at WWE creative underscore ish, um, you can go find us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you enjoy listening to the show in that form, go over to a podcast platform, leave a nice review like Mike did. He did this on Podcast Addicts. He told me he also did it on Apple, but he also but he wrote here, off to a great start, wrestling news and views from two guys without any real bias or agenda. The first episode was a real breath of fresh air. Can't wait for more. Look at that. Look at that. Mike Love did it. the good work. So go be Look. like Mike. Look, I can't wait till next year 
when we when we're one year in and people are doing their Spotify end of year things and they're showing my number one podcast, rumor and innuendo. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, it's been a very newsy week. We we are going to have like fun segments and guests and stuff down the road. Um, yeah, we, we've built a really great show with about a dozen fun segments and things, and all it turns into is what did CM Punk have for breakfast today, and why is it a slight against the Young Bucks? Yeah, exactly. Right? What did he mean with the the buttermilk? Right? And and his biscuits or whatever the f he's doing. You know, but we I do have. I will say a lot of great uh, stuff that we will get to this week. We're going to talk about MJF. We're going to talk about Jade Cargill, uh, Dynamite. Is uh, is on tonight? I'm sure there'll be some newsworthy notes uh, off of that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Lots of, of lots stuff. of fun things to talk about over the course of the rest of the week. Right now, it's just the biggest news story of the last decade <laughs> happened to coincidentally break the week that we are starting rumor and innuendo. Uh, so thank you, Nick, for calling Punk and making this happen. You got it, buddy. You know, I, I do what I can uh, for everybody out there. And if you want to support me, go to HouseOfWrestling.com, H-A-U-S of Wrestling.com. Lots of exclusives. We are now live streaming the show uh, every day on the site as well. So you can go check out the show there. You can go to HouseOfWrestling.com. It's now a new other place you can watch the show. Um, and that's it. Robert, what do you want to put over here to wrap us up today? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. I have another podcast here on the ad-free shows network called Wrestle Roast that drops every Friday. Uh, otherwise, man, this is the best best part of my day. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it, too. Um, do you want to take us home? Do you want to do the little gimmick? By all means. On behalf of the enigmatic Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.